Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. We are back for another episode of the Leading Women in Tech podcast. And today I'm going to continue our ongoing podcast series I've been having over the summer on executive coaching, leadership coaching, and its impact on our abilities to lead from the angle of becoming a coach. In our previous episodes, we've explored the significance of coaching in cultivating executive presence, essential skills in those around us and in ourselves, effective communication, self-awareness, interpersonal interactions, and general proactivity in all aspects of life. These attributes lay the foundation for becoming a remarkable coach. I'm hoping that the idea of becoming a coach for your team has become inspiring for you and you're starting to see how coaching can fit into an organization because today's episode is about taking action. But before we get on to that, I just want to give you a little update on how things are going around here. I love to do that in my podcast. I know many of you come and listen to the podcast because you like to hear about what's going on in my life. I have to say, not a lot. My husband and I have been uh, finishing off some tweaks and adjustments around our house. Hopefully by the time this podcast goes goes live, our house will be on the market. <laughs> We're a little bit nervous about that. So I'm a bit nervous just sharing that with you. Uh, when we bought this house, it had been on the market for a while. It was in a time when houses weren't selling, but you know, it's a little bit nerve wracking, put your house on the market in the UK at this time, because some houses are going like hotcakes and some aren't. So we've been working like crazy over the summer, finishing off various DIY projects, which are like 90% done, but not quite finished. You know the feeling, right? We lost some DIY around here. So we've been finishing all that off. And hopefully by the time this goes live, the house is on the market. And I'm also going to be just coming back from holiday. So <laughs> all go around here. It's been a bit of an odd summer though, I will say. We had a really, really hot June and then July and the beginning of August have been a washout. I'm a bit cold, a bit miserable and apparently it's going to stay like this until the end of the year. So we'll see. <laughs> Today's a bit better. Nice bright sunshine today, but a little bit a little bit wet for, for us around here. Even though I'm in Scotland where I know that wet, cool weather is kind of what we do, I got a bit spoiled in June, even though it was actually too hot for me. But back to today's topic. As you've learned... Hopefully, if you've listened to a couple of my previous episodes, coaching holds tremendous value, not only for your team members, but also for leaders like yourself. It empowers us to unlock our full potential, our full leadership potential. If you know how to coach, you can inspire your team to achieve remarkable results. But today I want to go a bit deeper and talk about why you might want to decide if you want to train as a coach, how to become a coach, and some things to consider if you're looking at adding coaching to your leadership toolkit. Or indeed, if you're looking at pivoting your career, I've worked with so many people who've been leaders, who've then become coaches full time. I did that myself. I want to just dig into that as we wrap up this series on coaching. We'll be back to more normal topics for this podcast in just a couple of weeks. If you are interested in learning how to coach, make sure you stay with me until the end of today's episode. So you can find out about my coach training program, the framework I've used every day for years to help those I work with, including my own team generate extraordinary results and what you can do if you want to learn how to use that yourself. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. 
as you likely now know, if you listen to some of the previous episodes, coaching is an incredible tool to untap potential, drive progress, positively transform lives. In my coaching practice, we use the understanding of when someone is both of high competence and high enjoyment to help them via coaching. All too often, we don't do this. And instead, we find ourselves teaching and mentoring when it isn't appropriate. Frustrating our team members because they're high competence and high confidence. They need coaching, not teaching or mentoring. But until you've learned how to apply all this information, we don't know that we shouldn't be teaching a mentoring situation or that we should be teaching rather than mentoring or that we should be coaching instead of teaching. You need to know when what you use is appropriate and why and why that creates great results. When you realize that coaching is about helping people overcome challenges and achieving goals, but it's not just one tool, it's one of many tools, you really start to unlock potential. Sadly, far too many people I speak to think they coach. They will tell me, oh yes, I coach, it's part of my leadership job. And then I ask a few questions and like, no, 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 that's not coaching. (laughs) So let's dive into that first. The first thing to recognize is that just because you've had a coach doesn't make you a coach. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to say that, but that's the real deal. (laughs) Just because you have empowering conversations with your team doesn't mean you are coaching them. There is an art to understanding what is really going on, watching out for the red flags of disengagement, lack of self-awareness or low confidence. I've heard so many leaders tell me they coach when they don't even really understand what it is. These same leaders will tell me they have a toxic colleague or indicate to me without saying it that they are micromanaging a poorly performing colleague. While they're missing the red flags that actually indicate something much deeper is going on, something coaching would identify and tackle head on. Now, of course, it's easy for me to say that. Part of being a full-time coach is that it is all I do every day. So I've honed and refined the skill over years. And as someone who also trains coaches, it is the work I live and breathe. I also have my own coach, Actually, I have multiple coaches, I'm just going to say up front. I have coaches for different aspects of my life and work because we benefit from that external view that calls out our own blind spots. Or as I like to say to my clients, lovingly calling you out on your own BS. I have coaches to do that for me too. But equally, I see that many things are areas that well-intentioned leaders should know if they are trained coaches and they're just not seeing them. They're calling themselves coaches, but they're not seeing the things that mean they are coaching. So let's chat a little bit about what training to be a coach looks like beyond some of the key steps I've discussed in the last few episodes of this podcast. Firstly, coaching provides you with the self-awareness to recognize when you're getting in your own way. Yes, one of the benefits of training to be a coach is that you have a massive impact on yourself when you train to become a coach. We level up our awareness. We are happier. I have a better marriage because I'm a coach. (laughs) I have better relationships with friends and family because I'm a coach. We're better able to deal with stress, anxiety, and worry because we have to be. All of this is necessary in order for us to coach those around us, particularly when life is chaotic and stressful. I've trained a number of my clients who are clients first in the leadership context. I am coaching them as their executive coach. And when they train as coaches, there's a whole level that comes becomes unlocked because they can see what I can see. They need me still. Many of these clients still work with me, I should say, but They still use me to point out some of these things in the same way I have a coach. But a whole new level is unlocked when we get to this point because we understand how things are working in a deeper way, how our brain isn't in quite the right place, how we can expect things to work to help others. It's all about providing that structured environment to practice coaching 
on yourself and on others. And actually self-coaching is part of coach training so that you can really do the work to unlock yourself, get into the space where you can figure out what's going wrong. Training programs provide a safe space and a framework for you to learn how to ask powerful questions that uncover what's really going on with yourself, with the person you are coaching, in a way that if you've never had this formal training, you just won't really appreciate. The questions that we ask are the things that really unlocks the potential of that person in front of us. There are also some really important ethical guidelines to consider when we coach. Something that if we aren't aware of the power we have as coaches, and yes, this applies to using coaching in a leisure context, you still have an immense power when you turn on your coaching skill set. And it can cause a conflict with our day jobs. Part of training as a coach is understanding the ethical guidelines you are operating under and knowing when to flag up to a colleague that what they're saying may need to be shared with management. This is really tricky to get right. And in fact, it's one of the reasons why I offer ongoing mentoring to coaches who qualify as coaches through my certification program. Coaching is a place of trust for those we coach. In fact, that trust is paramount to our coaches' success. But as a leader, this can conflict with our job as a manager. But there are ways to navigate this, provided you're prepared for it. So actually understanding the ethics of what you do as a coach is really, really profound. Another area where I see those who train as coaches really benefit is in their communications. I've trained coaches who have worked with me. As I mentioned, sometimes they've worked with me for years in my capacity as an executive coach. But this whole other level of leadership is opened up. Coaching involves effective communication, empathy, and rapport building. And you have to learn this at such an extraordinary level that when you learn this, you then apply it to your leadership, a whole new level of leadership is opened up to you. So coach training helps you enhance your core communication skills, vital for creating that safe and supportive space as a coach, but also extraordinary when applied to your leadership. It's no accident that one of my most foundational and influential experiences as a leader was being mentored by an executive who herself was trained as a coach. She never wanted to become a full-time coach, but she trained as a coach and she was one of the best communicators I've ever had the privilege of working with. And it was life-changing for me. <laughs> but then the final and potentially most important facet of coaching is using frameworks and models. This is somewhere I have very mixed views and <laughs> strong views as well. Personally, I think a lot of frameworks that are out there are too rigid and don't work. There is an obsession in the coaching industry of providing cookie cutter solutions. Come train with us as a leadership coach. Follow our 10-step blueprint you can use with your clients. We'll give you a manual that applies to the situation and you get it done. Come follow our 12-week program for delivering essential leadership skills from effective communication to capstone projects. You're being taught to follow a blueprint. The problem with that is it's formulaic. It's the exact opposite of coaching. It is teaching. <laughs> That's to say that these approaches, they have a place, but it's not in coaching. They are not coaching. So if you want to train as a coach, make sure you learn how to coach, not how to deliver someone else's framework. In fact, I would argue anybody that says, here's the framework that you're going to use to become a successful, whatever it is kind of coach, you're going to be able to use our blueprints forevermore. I was like, mm, that's a red flag. <laughs> because it's saying we have one way that we teach you to coach. And if you don't fit into that box, the person in front of you isn't going to get the success they need from you. Don't get me wrong. I have tools. I have multiple frameworks. In fact, I have so many frameworks. People get confused by them. But the whole point of coaching is to adapt as needed to the person in front of you and assume they have most, if not all of the tools that they need to get to where they need to go. 
My frameworks are focused on uncovering where they're at and what they need rather than saying, here's a way to land a job or here's a way to learn how to communicate. Here's my 10-step process for this. My frameworks, as you've heard in previous episodes, are about understanding their mindset, the reverse neutral forward formula, the time plan build formula. It's all about understanding where that person is at rather than actually dictating that they go down the path. Great coaching allows you to develop a personalized pathway for each person you coach. Much like a professional development plan for each team member, instead of focusing on pushing them through a training program that they neither want or need. If you're thinking about adding coaching to your repertoire as a leader or indeed becoming a full-time coach, it's worth taking a moment to reflect on your passion for making a positive difference in people's lives through coaching. Take a moment to recall instances where you provided guidance or mentorship to friends, colleagues, or family members. That intrinsic motivation to support and uplift others could be your calling as a potential coach. And I think that's why so many people say, oh, yes, I coach. <laughs> it's not coaching, but there is that push to really change somebody's life. Acknowledge your strengths and qualities that mean you're already on the path to being a coach. Active listening, empathy, effective communication, and so much more. This helps you to assess your commitment because that's the next piece. What is your commitment to becoming a coach? Reflect on your personal and professional responsibilities. Do you have time for this? Consider the time, effort, and dedication required for success. Now, the benefit is, of course, you become a better leader. And I often find that those that invest the time to do coach training will find they unlock time in the future because your team is going to be doing more. They're going to be more effective. So you are going to spend less time managing them and more time leading and more time coaching, less time doing all the other work. And so if you're an aspiring coach, you need to dedicate yourself to this learning and development and indeed moving forward, continuous learning and professional development because your coaching journey is not once and done. It is a lifelong journey, but it is something that will unlock time, but you do have some upfront effort to go through. What I typically say to people to come through my program is it's a 12-week program, although you have six months to qualify but it's 12 weeks of training. The training typically takes on average an hour a week. And then I ask you to do about an hour a week's coaching and receive coaching for an hour a week. So it's three hours a week for 12 weeks. And then you have another three months to get a few extra hours of coaching in. Not every week though, you don't need to do it that fast. <laughs> we give you an extra three months just to give you some breathing space, embed your knowledge, get the required hours in and you can qualify as a coach. So over six months, you're probably dedicating an average of one hour a week for six months. But we ask you to upfront load that with 12 weeks of fairly intensive coaching and mentoring to get you to a certain level of knowledge. So you may want to consider how you would fit that in before you take any further steps. I mean, other coaching programs are going to be similar. Some will take 10 weeks, some will take six months. I've deliberately tried to get this down to a period of time where I feel like you can maintain your engagement but that's the kind of standard requirement you're going to have. The next thing you might want to consider is how is coaching going to fit in to your career? Is it going to be something you do as a toolkit addition and leadership, which is what I talk about a lot, of course, on this podcast? Or are you thinking about a second career or a side hustle? I've had a number of people training me who have decided to create their own coaching practice. Sometimes this was the intention behind training with me. Other times they've decided after 12 months that they're going to pivot their career because they love it or they want to retire and do this as on the side there's so many reasons for it and some people just decide to just keep this as part of their leisure toolkit no more and all of those are valid desires but it's really worth understanding how you might consider fitting coaching into what you do 
There are also the group of people that train with me to become coaches simply because they want to learn how to self-coach. And that's also incredibly valid and something I think is an amazing addition to your abilities as an individual. So also, if this is kind of interesting from that standpoint, consider that. If you train using the core principles of coaching, if you do decide to make coaching a job or a side hustle, you can explore different niches. You might want executive coaching, life coaching, career coaching. You get to choose that later on. But once you've explored that, I want you to take some time to choose the right coaching program. Obviously, mine is one of them, but there are some things that you really should know before choosing. Remember that there is no official industry body out there for coaching. There are organizations that claim they are the industry body for coaching, but that's simply not true. <laughs> there is no body that is approved and regulated in the same way we'd have for professions regulated from therapy to law. And in fact, having worked alongside coaches certified by many of these larger bodies, something that shocks me time and time again is that none of them coach to the official rule book that these organizations lay down because it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't really want to get into that on this podcast. It's a much more detailed conversation. I'm happy to have that conversation at some point. But the great coaches I know who have been trained by certain bodies adapt their coaching for the individual in front of them in a way they're not supposed to. And I find it shocking that these bodies are saying, we are the way to coach and pushing that uh, as an industry standard when one, there's no evidence for that and two, it's actually damaging and three, the best coaches that they actually hold up as their best coaches don't coach that way. So just saying <laughs> that having an industry body behind you one, it's not regulated, and two, it's kind of not reality for what's actually going on. Instead, I would look at the programs themselves. Look at programs that focus on adaptation, that adapt the approach for the individual that's been coached, that focus on self-awareness of the coach, and don't promote the idea of accountability as the way to coach. Something I am passionate about is changing this industry obsession <laughs> that we as coaches need to make ourselves indispensable by being the one that holds individuals to account. If we really want to elevate those around us, we should be teaching them the self-accountability instead of reliance on others for accountability. This is particularly important if you want to use coaching as a leadership tool. The whole point is to allow yourself as a manager to do less, not more, holding others to account. The team should have and use self-accountability. So avoid these approaches that are obsessed with holding your coachee to account. That does not work. Remember to evaluate how well the program aligns with your coaching goals and values. It's essential to trust your intuition. Seek input from trusted mentors and peers if you would like to. But those mentors and peers need to understand your aspirations and values. Ultimately, make sure that you join a coaching program that resonates with your genuine interests. That's so important. Which brings me to sharing with you that doors are now open to sign up for my Ignite Coach Academy training program. This is the fifth time we've run this. I feel like we're now pros doing this program. And having had extensive experience of working with women in the tech industry, I truly understand the significance of tailored coaching that addresses their specific journey of women in tech and other underrepresented groups. But what I've also found is that when we apply these techniques to coaching men, we cultivate more empathetic and inclusive leaders, ultimately benefiting the entire tech industry. That's how my coaching is different. We train you in how to be a coach with the underrepresented groups in mind. But this in turn helps you to put everyone around you even more powerfully. Just imagine yourself as a skilled leader who has mastered the art of coaching. You'll magnify your leadership impact by inspiring and guiding your team members to realize their full potential. You're going to nurture deep connections because you're going to use active listening, empathy, and effective communication. 
you'll be fostering more collaboration, more innovation, and you'll have this deep-seated confidence to tackle leisure challenges and leave a lasting impression. <laughs> it's my mission, it's my team's mission, it's my company's mission to revolutionize the tech sector. We recognize the importance of elevating more women to leadership positions. Their diverse perspectives are key, in my opinion, to solving complex problems and reshaping the industry standard and cultures. And by training as a coach in this way, you are going to get the support you need to elevate yourself and those women coming alongside you and behind you. <laughs> Whether you're keen on exploring coaching, considering its application in your current role, or maybe starting a new career, I would love to invite you to my program. Over 12 weeks, you're going to learn the key tools I use every day. <laughs> you'll discover how coaching can be a powerful tool to enhance your leadership. You'll foster deeper connections with other people in your program. You'll immediately start to see the impact when you foster deep connections with your team. You're going to hone your active listening, empathy, communication, and you're going to more, most importantly have valuable skills and insights for the rest of your career. If you're curious and want to learn more, go to tonycollis.com forward slash coach academy to secure your place or simply hop on a call with me if you want to. Before we wrap up, I'd like to share a personal note with you. Over the past four years, my privilege has been working closely with hundreds of women in the tech industry. We might be over a thousand by now. <laughs> One recurring theme I've heard from them all is the lack of necessary support. And the coaching they've received often falls short or even hampers their professional growth. It breaks my heart how many women have said to me, I've never had a coach that's been able to support me before when they come and work with me. This is wrong, <laughs> quite frankly. This is wrong on so many levels. Coaching for women in tech requires addressing a unique range of challenges that the broader coaching industry just doesn't see or overlooks. I'm not sure what's going on. It involves understanding the intricacies of being a technical expert while balancing the desire for people leadership, all without being undermined or perceived as incapable or handling challenging situations. We might have a breakdown, whatever it is that gets thrown at us. Additionally, it entails navigating the experience of being the only woman in the room, leading a team of individuals who are different from you, who look different, who behave differently, who occasionally challenge our authority. But as we've discussed, when these coaching techniques that we will learn as coaches are applied to men, they become more empathetic leaders who possess a deeper understanding of the entire workforce's needs. Ultimately, one of my aims of bringing the Ignite Coach Academy to the world is to change the way as leaders we're operating. I want us to change the tech industry so that women are no longer the only ones with the empathy in the room, that men are lifting women up as much as women are. So please come join me inside Ignite Coach Academy if this sounds good to you. But remember, as always, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.